this is episode 269 on September 13th, 2018. Set your photo apps down, iPhone photographers. It's time for Tiny Shutter Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Tiny Shutter Podcast, where we talk about iPhone photography and anything else. I'm Joseph Ferreira. I'm Dave Podner. I'm Matt Hoffman. And I'm Greg McMillan. And I would like to introduce a guest that we have with us tonight. Um, just a guy named Jack, and he likes to take pictures with his iPhone. Jack Hollingsworth. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Jack. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm fantastic. Good. All right. Uh, we're going to go around the room real quick and just uh, let everybody know uh, what they've been up to. Let's start with you, Matt. Uh, I have been fine, I suppose. Um, managed to get out and do a little tiny bit of photography this past week. I, um, yeah, I've been in kind of like a photography funk or whatever lately. And so I, I actually bought a book just recently. It's a, um, pretty much a photo book of just like Ohio. And, um, I was, you know, flipping through this book earlier in the week and um, saw this picture of these Coke ovens, which are really hard to explain, like, what they are. But it's basically like these ovens from, I don't know how long ago, 100 years ago or something that they used to um, put – they put coal in them and converted it into this substance yes. called Coke. And that was used to power, like uh, – of uh, iron furnaces like for melting iron or whatever so in any case these things are way cool looking um there's these brick um i don't know they almost look like little caves but they're made out of brick and they're kind of like built into like a hillside um so i, I uh, saw that they there's this whole uh bunch of them in this town that I drive through like at least once a week, but I had no idea that they were there. Um, so I made a point to go check them out on Tuesday this past week and, um, got some cool pictures that I will, uh, get on Instagram and whatnot very shortly here. And then I also stopped at a, um, this place called hidden Lake park that I just kind of randomly saw on Google maps in like another area that I drive through a lot. And I'd never noticed it before. And the, uh, the road into this park was like very nondescript, just a single lane gravel road, no signs or anything that indicated, you know, what was back the road. And so I went back there and, there was like a cool old house and an old barn uh, that I had a lot of fun taking pictures of. I think I posted a picture um, yesterday or last night or something of like these cool doors that were on this barn. Um, they had like some kind of stained glass or whatever in the doors and it just looked really cool. So I had a lot of fun with that. And, um, and then, you know, the usual family pictures and whatnot too. And, um, yeah, that's about it, I guess. That's cool. Yeah, I like that door. It's pretty neat. I love the um, the art artistic green at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 
uh, mildew or mold or whatever from it <laughs> just being wet, I guess. But <laughs> it does, it, in a weird way, it does add to the picture. Yeah, it does. That's cool. Dave, how are you doing? Not doing good this week. Uh, you know, some weeks you go out there, you take amazing photos, and some weeks you just don't take that many photos. And this is just one of those not that many photo weeks. Um, one photo that kind of stuck out that I did get a chance to take or happen to notice was um, walking in our backyard, happened to notice one red leaf on the ground. Uh, the ground's still green. You know, we haven't hit that time of the year yet, but just that one red leaf where you can think things change and um, get ready for it's almost like I called it kind of the reverse uh, first robin of the spring. You know, where you wait for that first robin to come out in the white snow and it's like, oh, we're starting to get ready for spring. Well, this is the first leaf in the um, red leaf falling down in the green yard saying, yeah, you better enjoy the nice weather while you have it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're going to deal with some weather uh, shortly. I live in the Carolinas, and so um, we're expecting Hurricane Florence to make, I think it's already made landfall, but um, I'm supposed to be seeing some of the rain possibly on Saturday. This is Thursday. So I've got one more day to kind of, you know, prep. But uh, in working for a utility company, I'll probably, hopefully I won't have to go out. But there's a possibility with the winds we could have trees come down and uh, take out some of our lines, which I'll have to go and fix. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Greg, how are you doing? You mean besides salivating over the new iPhones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, really good. Um, I've been kind of putting the finishing touches on my book this week, I think, and uh, um, actually had a chance to go through it start to finish while I was sitting at a dealership today getting some service done on, on the car. So nice. um, I think it's just about ready, and I don't know. I I might make a few changes in the last couple of chapters yet, but, um, no, I'm, I'm getting, starting to get excited about it now because when I first started it, uh, just wasn't sure what was going to become of it. Didn't know if I was going to finish it. And now that I'm seeing some light at the tunnel, not light at the end of the tunnel, that isn't a train. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got some high hopes to, to get that thing out. Um, it'll just be most likely digital. Like I said before, um, on the Apple Bookstore and probably for you know PDF download that type of thing. And I'm going to look into getting print on demand through, you know, through a service like um, Apple. They they do some books and things like that. Um, Blurb, Lulu, some of these companies, they can they can do basically on demand printing. So I'm going to look into some of those and see which is the best avenue to take. But um, cool. yeah, other than that, uh, not too much. And I'm going to download it and, and actually read it this weekend. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this, the, my schedule's been crazy lately. Yeah. 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 The, the crazy thing is, is that um, I was in a dealership yesterday and I made it through about half of your book. So I think there's like oh, a man. correlation between car dealerships and reading your book. Yeah. <laughs> Were you going to say something, Mr. Jack? 
Well, I was, I was going to tell Greg, I'm about a, also about a third of the way through it. I was not in a dealership. I was. <laughs> I, I, read, I read it when I woke up this morning, and uh, it's really good, very inspiring. Good work, Greg. Oh, thank you, sir. All right. Yeah, um, I, I had a little bit of, uh, um, you know, some photography today. My, uh, just say this real quick. My daughter was playing with some uh, fake candles, and uh, my father-in-law had a remote that he could turn them on and turn them off, and they, they look pretty cool. They're really neat. And I was like, you know what? The light's great, and my daughter is just like, focused on them i said all right sweetie look at the candles and so i started taking some pictures and i really like how it turned out and uh posted it on yeah Instagram. that that turned out fantastic i must say yeah i'll uh nice thing about having kids is i can experiment uh you know photography uh, on them and you know I don't have to uh, pay a model to <laughs> experiment yeah. on. Uh, Mr. Jack, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I, I actually just came back from um, a commercial job that I did for a new I, – I, I, I spent the last 40 years kind of shooting in the travel, leisure, and hospitality industry. So I've made a living shooting for hotels, resorts, airlines, cruise lines, that kind of thing. And when I went to the iPhone, I just kept doing it. So I, I got a really nice gig from a new river cruise, luxury river cruise company in, in uh, Europe. So they brought me over uh, for a 10-day river cruise in southern France to specifically shoot with my iPhone. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So it was pretty wow. awesome. And then I taught kind of iPhone photography workshops to the passengers all along the way and kind of gave oh. tutorials and did videos and that kind of stuff. So it was an, it was an amazing experience. And then after that, I took uh, about two weeks and then went to, <clears throat> went to Italy for kind of an eat, pray, love sort of trip for my own, you know, mental health. And I was just finishing editing today. I, I think I shot sixty thousand iPhone photos <laughs> over six. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a little overwhelmed in the editing part. Not my favorite part of the process, but I'm looking at the stuff and uh, you know, and, and feeling pretty good about what I did. Very cool. Yeah, no, I think I think I think Jack. I think you should kind of clear up what you mean by editing because I think I know what you mean. You're talking old school editing, right? Like a photo editor? I am talking old school editing, yes. And uh, pe people, uh, I, I think it, it's kind of one of my, you know, my pet peeves, but I don't like the term editing as, you know, millennials use it in the smartphone space. You know, they usually refer to editing as post-processing, but right. I'm talking about old-fashioned editing, picking one photo, yes. a good yeah. photo over a bad photo. Yes. And I think somehow we've just missed it. We've just, we've lost the art of old-fashioned editing and have gone from capture yeah. to post-processing with not really much consideration for editing. So I, in my workflow, spend a whole lot of time making dedicated albums of edited work long before I ever do any post-processing. As a matter of fact, I spend more time editing, old-fashioned editing, than I do post-processing. Nice. Yeah, do you, you know, do you ever make any uh, proof sheets anymore? 
Uh, no, not really. But I'm, I, you know, I, I'd say 99% of my editing is done on the phone, and I, I create, I create like uh, albums on my phone. Got so it. every major category gets four dedicated albums, and it might say like, I just came back from Venice. So if you look on my, uh, you know, on my my camera roll or in my album hierarchy, it will say Venice all, and then Venice selects, yes. and then yes. Venice processed and then venice heroes so every major destination major theme major category always goes through that same regimen for me and you know my on any given day i i have hundreds and hundreds of albums that are not only on my phone of course that are backed up to icloud and on external hard drives as well so yeah i, I stay pretty busy at it nice yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember when I did a little bit of film, you know, and just laying the 35 millimeter on the contact sheet and then kind of looking through to see, you know, what I want to enlarge and then, you know, do some processing too. But yeah, you're right. I, I didn't think of it in that way as um, the old fashioned way of editing by, you know, cutting out what you don't want and just saving what you do want. Yeah, and I, I save everything. Literally, I, I don't throw a, a single image away, but I'm really very highly selective about what I share online because in my space, you know, I'm, I'm still a commercial photographer and trying to make money with, through, and off my brand of iPhone work. So I'm really pretty critical about kind of the work that goes out there, and that's why I spend so much time kind of hovering and doing old-fashioned editing long before anything ever gets to market. Yeah, very cool. Um, so, all right. Uh, we're going to uh, – one of the things that we're going to do today is uh, we're going to interview uh, Jack Hollingsworth. And uh, But first, uh, we had teased everybody last episode on uh, just kind of briefly mentioning uh, or talking about uh, the iPhone Keynote, which uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Jack has uh, um, probably has some I ideas of what he, th he thinks too. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. So why don't we go ahead and do that? Let me... Uh, let me play this news uh, uh, soundbite real quick, and then we'll get into the news. News team, assemble! All right. Uh, see here, Dave. Hey. Do you mind uh, taking the reins on this? Sure, no problem at all. So, and uh, I would say there's really only two things in my mind they really discussed at the keynote. And it was pretty long for basically two things. Um, I've heard a few people say, and it kind of crossed my mind, that there may have had more things planned for this keynote, but if they fell through, hmm. uh, maybe an iPad, maybe a Mac Mini, maybe AirPods or the AirPower they talked about last year that hasn't seen the light of day. <laughs> I think yeah, you'll see those months. next month. I think yeah. you'll see a, a little, a yeah. smaller event for those next month. Yeah. But I, I could still see, you know, the AirPower and the, let's say, AirPods, next-gen or AirPod 2 would have fit pretty good for this one. 
So, but for for the event that we just had, you figured there was two main categories. You're talking the Apple Watch and iPhone 10 various. Let's right. just say for right now. Yes. Um, for, for I hate to say it, but for normal September iPhone event, I think the Apple Watch stole the show with some of the health features there, which I know we're not going to talk about. But I think that's looking back on it. I think years to come, that's going to have the biggest buzz with mm-hmm. all the stuff they did with the Apple Watch. I think honestly, the sec the second thing that may get the buzz is. And I don't know if we can all agree that we're that we're kind of thinking, why Apple did you change the naming convention on us after yeah. getting everyone used to phone plus phone plus? Now we have phone Max. Max. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and the iPhone 10R. Yeah. I guess for liquid retina. Hey don't know um but i can see the honestly the the 10r as being the kind of standout for a little bit for for a lot of people or for the majority of the people looking at that phone and that's the phone they're looking at uh in terms of what the three new phones they announced uh to kind of give a, a a recap if people don't have the what was it it turned out to be two hours I think for the yeah. whole thing. So mm-hmm. if you don't have two hours out of your day, um, kind of giving a quick recap, you have your three phones. Um, you have your two OLED, um, if you will, next gen, or really this is real. I think this is really an S year. Um, incremental upgrades, everything, nice little features, but nothing earth shattering for the high end phones. So you have your, uh, your 10s and your 10x or 10s max. Uh, basically, as far as I can tell, there the there's no difference. Maybe this is why they changed the convention. There's no difference between the 10s and the 10s max internals, hardware, and everything else. Um, uh, other than screen size. There's no everything else. I mean, internals look the same. They both have two cameras on the back. Um, looks like there's a minor upgrade to the camera. Um, the after the fact depth effect adjustments, you can do that on that. Um, and really, this is kind of similar to what we had last year with the 8 Plus and the 10 last year. With the 10R, which I'm waiting for everyone to just call the XR, the XS, and the XS Max. Hmm. Um, since we now have letters going, it, it just, I think, reads a little more natural. The only thing you're really missing by, if you will, stepping down is only one rear camera and going from OLED to LED, or LCD, I should say, but... I, I really don't think the screen's that huge of a step down, given how Apple display technology is, and given the fact that now we'll wait to see how it looks like in real-world situations, but the ability to do portrait mode with at least, per Apple, people, um, not necessarily depth mode that you can do with anything, but specifically looking for people, Doing that with the single lens with the XR, 
other than that, you know, um, as far as from when I was looking at it and reading it, and you guys may may have picked up on something else different, but the screen being, you know, not non OLED and a single camera, there's not a lot of difference between the the 10R and the 10S, as far as I could tell. Internally, chipset, everything else, the even the camera itself is the same. It's just that you only have one versus two cameras, and it's two hundred and fifty dollars cheaper, I think. I think the display is the big factor there. Yeah. Um, you know, with the HDR stuff, uh, the auto HDR, uh, as well as with the video too. Um, I think I think that's the the biggest difference between the two. Like, I mean, yes, OLED versus LCD, but uh, with the OLED, you get the HDR stuff along with it, and yeah. um, I think I think that makes a, a big difference. But if, if let's say if someone, let's say my dad, which luckily my dad doesn't need a phone, but let's say he, he needed a new phone and he wanted uh, one of the upper end ones, I would say the 10R for him. And for a lot of people, I would say the 10R, not the 10S. I didn't know if you guys yeah. had a chance to yeah. look at the outcome there. I mean, if you, uh, for us or for most people listening to this show, I would say 10S. If you're serious about photography, but if you're want to take good pictures, but want to save a few hundred dollars and still come out with, I'm, I'm I mean, given the fact that the camera itself and you know the chipset and everything else is the same, it's almost it depends on how much is that you know the limited time you're going to need a true depth um, versus you know for the R versus the S version i know i know for myself the uh the 10s max is really what caught my eye that's kind of like been my dream phone i guess since they announced the iphone 10 last year um just having you know that much more real estate for the screen Mm -hmm. is like super duper appealing um and then also the fact that now it's available in 512 gigabytes, which I actually really don't know if I need, but um, it's nice to have, I guess. Uh, so that that's, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not going to upgrade from my iPhone 10 uh, this time around. I think I'll um, kind of wait and see what they do with the camera on the next phone because i know they you know they said they increased the sensor size which is that you know plays a huge role in image quality and everything um but but i also think i'd like to see maybe a little bit more resolution um out of the iphone like going forward here so i know i'm gonna hold off uh this time around but i was kind of impressed with the what they showed off on the keynote yesterday yeah no and honestly if 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 i didn't upgrade last year i could definitely see me going for the max now i have a question for you guys because i i didn't really pick up on this or not um they showed off the uh the depth control where you can you know essentially change like you know the perceived depth of field or aperture of the the background on a portrait image is that 
only available on these new phones, or is that going to be like an iOS 12 thing? I think that's just in the new phones because the uh, in order to do that, I, I, well, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but I, I think it is because I think it it requires the processing power and the um, um, you, you know all that uh, stuff that they put in these things. I I believe it's only going to be available for the. 10s and the 10s max right on yeah i you you might be right there i was just kind of like ah oh, it's a i mean i know i could do that feature in you know i believe like the focus app and yeah stuff like that but it is cool to have it uh you know just right there in your camera app i think but the one thing that you cannot do is pick select a different focus point okay I'm glad you said that. Can can I go off on like a, a small little rant for yes. just a second? <laughs> okay. So so several times today, both on on online and on some podcasts that I was listening to, I heard this new depth control um, basically equated to Lytro. Oh. And that bothers me to no end because it's not the same thing at all. And I'm not like a very technical person. I don't really dive into like real technical details about how things work usually. And I really couldn't explain to you the, the tech behind Lytro and, um, or even portrait mode for that matter. But I think I can explain, uh, what makes these two things different, um, in a way that, anyone listening right now will be like, Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. They are, they are different. So let's take portrait mode. Um, and this depth control, you got a person, you take a picture of them in portrait mode. Your background is blurred. The person is, you know, nice, sharp in focus. And with depth control, you slide your finger and you could adjust basically the aperture setting it's a simulation but as that aperture number gets bigger when you're sliding your finger you're going to see your background come into focus it's not doing anything to the the person the person's going to stay the same focus regardless of the aperture that you select in depth control it's really just affecting the background of the picture Lytro, on the other hand, is affecting the focus of the picture. So if you took that same picture of a person and took it in a way where the person is in focus and your background is out of focus, and then you put it in the proprietary Lytro software and you decide, you know what, I I wonder what it would look like if the background was in focus. When you tap on that, it's actually not going to keep your subject. The The person is not going to stay in focus. Right. They are now going to blur because it's going to keep that um, same amount of depth of field that you had when you originally took the picture. It's just shifting the focus back in your image, but the amount of the image that's in focus stays the same, if that makes any sense at all. So when you make yep. the aperture bigger, then uh, everything goes in the background goes out of focus. But when you make it, make it 
smaller than everything's in focus, including your subject. But yeah, Lytro was just shifting the uh, Lytro is just shifting focus, not right. the aperture. Right. Yeah. Right. That's correct. And the first phone that had this kind of technology was, I believe it was the HTC One Mate or something like that. And the only thing that it could do was shift the focus. It couldn't. You couldn't do anything with the um, with the depth of field with that. And I don't. I believe it wasn't until Apple introduced this in the iPhone Seven Plus with portrait mode that it was first. That's when it was first made available. Now the the guys from Focus they have gone and dove into that technology and kind of went all out with it in that you can change the point of focus and you can also change the aperture it's all computational yeah i i in my opinion changing the uh the aperture setting for the background is much more practical than being able to change the focus yeah you know because yeah, I, I mean, I, you still can't like share the, these types of pictures to any other platform and like have people be able to play with them. <laughs> and in my opinion, I hope that that's never a feature because um, I don't want people to be able to play with my pictures and change focus right. and change aperture. I took right. the picture the way I intended it to be viewed or I edited the picture the way that I intended it to be viewed. So I don't really want anyone messing with it. Yeah, it's more of a gimmick than it is anything practical. I think. Like you said, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll get off my soapbox now about that. <laughs> All right. Now, um, one thing before we move on. I just double-checked Apple's website, and the 10R does have the aperture select post um post taking the picture aperture selection. So just like with the 10S and the 10X, 10S Max, you can do that. They'll have that option also. So you'll be able to take a photo on the 10R. They'll have its simulated portrait mode you know, using the uh, artificial intelligence trying to figure out portrait mode. And then you can, fig- you can change the bokeh behind it still. So it definitely looks like it's the A12 chip and the other processors on the um, system on a chip that's doing most of the work. I think it's going to be like uh, portrait lighting was last year, where if you had an earlier phone, if you had like a 7S that could do portrait, but you couldn't do portrait lighting adjustments on it, only on the new phones. Same thing with the with the bokeh adjustment. If you have a 10 or earlier phone, you won't be able to do it, but the, with the new phones, you definitely should be able to do it. Very cool. Well, I think we will have uh, some more for you guys on the new iPhones in upcoming episodes. And uh, as we dive into the new information and start to figure these things out, I think I think we'll definitely have... Um, some things to say so very cool thanks guys all right let's go ahead and move into our focus point 
focus point. All right. So uh, as you guys heard, uh, we have uh, Jack Hollingsworth, who's also known on Twitter and I think Instagram as Photo Jack, um, and has uh, he has been a uh, a huge proponent for the iPhone in in my you know in in what I've seen. Uh, out of a lot of the uh, photographers who are just now starting to see the importance of the iPhone. <laughs> but uh, I have a book right here, and I'm going to read the back, and it says, Jack Hollingsworth is a respected professional photographer who has traveled the world taking pictures for high-end clients. It was, uh, it was the job he has always wanted, and he has it. Well, Mr. Jack... Thank you for coming on to our show. Thanks for having me, guys. Probably. <laughs> um, I, I want to say, and I'm, I'm guessing right here, that I, I, was it the iPhone 4 that was the iPhone that you probably um, uh, grasped onto and, and took, took off with? Uh, uh, somebody else asked me that the other day. I, I think so. I think that's, you know, I think it was the, the, uh, the, the four, not the four S. Right. And I, I'd had the phone in my pocket for a, a full year and I'd taken two photos in a year. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. My, my wife had, uh, phones, my kids had phones. I had a phone in my pocket and it really wasn't until that, you know, glorious day on, Barbados when I was shooting for the Crane Resort and my um, Canon Mark III uh, didn't show up on in my luggage that I decided oh, no. to take a shot with my, with my phone and that pretty much changed everything and I haven't stopped taking pictures with my phone since that morning. <laughs> yeah, um, I think there's a lot of us who... Um, you know the we we depended on our on our DSLR to go out and take pictures for me you know sort of uh, sort of in the same vein that Greg um is went through uh it was a little bit different than I um I was going through a f a photo um funk or a, a what was the word like I a drought well a creative uh I, I was going through uh like a a, a creative um yeah drought you you can say and you know i was taking pictures with my dslr and you know and all of a sudden i started to lose the the thrill you know the uh, and 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 I, you know, I picked up the 3GS and started taking pictures and was starting to see that there were, um, you know, challenges that I can do to make these photos look good. And, you know, and that's where I kind of picked up on it. So hearing your story, um, I was like, yes, 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 you know, in the background. And, uh, and I was really glad to see that, you know, that passion is still continued. So... Um, give a, give a brief history of, of, you know, where you came photography, you know, with photography and to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, I'll give you the, the, the short story. I have actually been a commercial photographer for going on four years. So that's like 
uh, four, four decades. Okay. So <laughs> 40 years of uh, basically working as a commercial photographer. And like I told you earlier, I, my specialty uh, has been in the travel, leisure, hospitality industries. And I'm also known kind of as a, uh, I have a subspecialty of people in portraiture. Yes. So I, I've owned studios. I've, I've had multiple studios all over the world. I've had a studio in Singapore. I had one in India. I had one in uh, up on Cape Cod. Uh, I had a, uh, several big studios here in Austin. So I've had staffs in each, uh, big productions, yada, yada, yada. But it, I don't think really it was until February 11, um, 2011, where, you know, I kind of fell and had my epiphany moment and fell in love with the iPhone that I really started to honestly and deeply connect emotionally with my work. And I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how did that happen? Why do I feel so passionate and so connected to the photos because technically they're no they're they're not as good. I mean, I, I shot every format you you could name. I shot with field four by five field cameras. My main camera most of my career was a a Mamiya six seven. That's mm-hmm. a medium format camera. I shot Hasselblads. I did the Hasselblad panoramas. I shot with Nikon's, Canons. You know, you you name uh, a device, I shot with it. And I had my favorite cameras and, you know, I had successful careers all along over those 40 years, traveled, you know, multiple times all over the world. But really, I don't on it. When I look back, I don't think I have ever been more attached emotionally to the photos that I take now with my beloved iPhone than at any point in my 40 year history. And, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed uh, I, I, I love, I love the phone and I, I, I know how to work it and I know how to work it because I don't think of it like, um, you know, most folks, <clears throat> most folks have like, a, and this is not, not in, this is not to, to, to rip anyone, but most folks have a, like a casual approach to their, you know, iPhone photography. Mine really is a photographic approach and I approach my iPhone photography in the same way that I've approached my DSLR and medium format and big format photography my whole career. I do the same. It's the same mental gymnastics, but I got to tell you, I am just attached to, to this camera and the pictures that it creates and every iteration of the phone. Oh my God. Every incremental iteration i am the first in line and i you know i i I have to admit i i will be in line for the uh the xs max because of you know the the the, the big read the screen real estate the the smart hdr Uh, i love the low light capabilities of shooting video i shoot a a lot of video the depth slider i just you know i I was jumping up and down (laughs) and uh but for me, and I know this will sound geeky, the, the thing that most photographers don't talk about and something that I'm passionate about is that dang chip. And it's the chip in the ISP. Like, I don't really get that wound up about the lens, megapixels, the size right. of the pixels, the depth right. of the pixels. You know, those are like component parts. It's like, if you think of the iPhone, the iPhone really is a software play with a little bit of hardware. DSLRs are a lot of hardware with a little bit of software. Yeah. So 
take the take the the lens and uh, you know the camera as like an assume to getting good pictures, but the power, the power of smartphone photography and in particular iPhone is that chip. It is like freaking out of this world good. And I, I was telling Greg, it's kind of like you think of the lens and the camera like raw food ingredients, but it's the ISP, it's the processing that actually does the cooking of the images and delivers them back to us for viewing and sharing. So I'm, I'm like, I didn't see it as an incremental thing yesterday. I was like, oh my goodness. Yes, better, faster, brighter, cooler in low light. But I was just, I was glued to the, the talk of the ISP and the, the four, you know, the, the GPU, the CPU, the neural networks. I am like, oh my God, if we are right there right now, oh my God, in 10 years, we're going to, it's, we're not even going to be talking about DSLRs. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, it's, it's that, it's that good right now. And it's even overkill. As somebody told me, uh, so I was having a chat with somebody from Kodak, ex Kodak, and we were laboring over the, the demise uh, and the bankruptcy and the disappearance of Kodak. And, and he told me that, that, Right before they went bankrupt, they did a they commissioned a uh, a study, and, and their study showed that almost ninety eight percent of the pictures that we take collectively as photographers end up online. So, and, and that that's probably true of all of us, even here tonight, and probably true of our listeners. The pictures that we take end up online. In the files that the iPhone itself creates, they're overkill already right. yes. for, for the social platforms we share. So why do you need big files? Well, you need big files for big printing and for extreme cropping. But apart from that, I got to tell you, you don't need it. So if the files are getting bigger and better and sharper and clearer, and video is getting, then I, I, I can't wait to, you know, get up the next day and the next day and the next day and see what, you know, I, Apple and the other smartphone manufacturers are going to come up with because it's an exciting time to be alive, you know, for photographers. Yeah. So uh, you alluded to your editing and you create files on your on your phone for specific projects or um, ideas. Uh, do you still use your computer to do um, manipulations or um, other types of uh, editing? Yeah, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say that uh, outside of my phone, I'm somewhat of a train wreck. Uh, I, I, I have the latest and the greatest MacBook, which, you know, I'm talking the MacBook pro, which I'm, you know, talking to you through tonight. And I have the latest and the greatest iPads. Uh, and I have six phones uh, four of them are always with me and always in my camera bag everywhere I go every single day. I have the 10, uh, the X, the eight plus the seven plus and the six plus, And I use them for different sort of functions Sure. for shooting. But in terms, I would say 99% of everything that I do shoot, edit, process is all phone. I, I really, this year, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to trying to like experiment more with the iPad. And I'm going to, I just started today, which is why I was at the Apple retail store talking with my friends there at Apple today about trying to get a little more hip 
and up to date with photos for Mac so that I can or you know I can use iCloud library and photos for Mac to organize my massive library. Like I have six, I don't know, it's probably closer to seven hundred thousand shots now. Wow. Yeah, like I, I was asking uh basically seven, seven years, seven hundred thousand shots and yeah. it's not gonna you know, it's only going to increase. So I got to yeah. get a handle on it right now. They're backed up to external drive, Western digital drives. But I think it's time for me. Uh, and I was talking with Greg the other day. That it's time for me to probably explore photos from that. And I'm not a Lightroom guy. So uh, I, I really am. I'm an Apple fan guy, fanboy. So I want to stay in the Apple ecosystem. So it's probably time for photos from that for me. Got it. Yeah, I was I was wondering because uh, for you know for me having doing being able to do everything on my phone was was so much it, it gave me a lot of freedom. Um, I didn't feel weighed down by having to go to my computer and um, make uh, make the physical um, edits to my photos. It, I was able to carry it with me, and I didn't have to offload the images onto my computer and try to work with Lightroom or any other um, editing software. Uh, I was able to do it all on my phone and that I think helped me to get past the creative funk that I was in. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, so, all right. Um, I have, you know, I, I know, um, Matt has your book, but uh, I wanted to talk real quick about, you know, uh, the joy of uh, eye photography, because uh, it came out this last, was it this last year? Yeah, uh, or I think just last this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful book, and uh, I wanted you to, you know, tell people about it and kind of uh, where you, uh, your ideas came with it. Well, you know, it, it's, it, it started out, uh, and it's published by uh, a London publisher called Ilex Press, I-L-E-X. And I'm working on uh, my second book, which I'm, I'm, I'm the, the, the title, my title, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, they're, they're fighting with me, but I want it to be called iPhone Photos That Don't Suck. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty jazzed about that and the second book is going to be more kind of a hundred of my best all-time tips from shooting you know seven hundred thousand shots you know eight different phones 30 countries of the world like how, how do i do it but the joy of eye photography was really not a tech tutorial it was meant as a gift book for sort of like museum bookstores, if you will, just to inspire people and say, hey, there's something, you know, other than, you know, big cameras. And then it went through several iterations and, you know, copywriting iterations and changes and photos and yada, 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 yada. So it didn't actually turn out the way that we initially envisioned and it's done you know well in the marketplace which is i think probably why they want to do a second book but it's more of just an introduction if you would sure. to kind of the the the, the 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 glory the passion of iphone photography and the next book will be more hardcore tech tips that are kind of thematic in nature okay very cool so you have some um, 
other things that you've kind of got in mind too, do you not? Like courses and stuff? I do, yeah. Um, I, I've got a, I'm working with a, you know, uh, an independent online course producer that's produced other online courses for other well-known iPhone photographers. Nikki Fitzgerald, who runs iPhotography Central. Um, uh, Bob Wheel, who wrote uh, you know, the, the iPhone book with uh, Nikki. They, they all have on online courses on the market, and they use this independent producer. And I'm using him, and we're creating four different courses. One right now, the, the lead course is called iPhone Photos That Don't Suck. It should be on the market probably in about 45 days. It'll be like two hours, a little under 100 bucks. Uh, but it's to me, it's the best of Jack. It's the best of the best. That's going to be followed up by a course that's already shot called travel uh, or portrait photography, you know, with your iPhone. And I shot all of that in Cuba last January or last February. And that's just waiting to be edited. And the third course is going to be on travel photography with your iPhone. And for the life of me, I have no idea what the fourth course is, but I know there's one there somewhere. So... <laughs> They're going to come out kind of every two months, and uh, you can kind of be looking, you know, for them on my Twitter and Instagram feed. And they'll all be similar approach, you know, like my style, photographic approach to iPhone photography, kind of like drill down to my my tips, my tricks, my techniques, kind of my style of looking at the thing with lots of inspirational photos and lots of videos. Yeah, that's going to be good. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that when it comes out. Me too. Jack, I, I'm curious. So uh, your uh, professional work aside, like when you take uh, photos personally, um, like what do you do with them? Do you print them? Do you make photo books? Do you just put them on you know, Instagram or something like that? Or what do you do? Yeah. That's a great. That's a great question, and thank you for asking me because I love that question. Uh, I, I would say first and foremost, I, I I know this will sound almost kind of weird or even casual, but I do not have a professional versus personal um, differentiation. I've never had it. I don't even know what it is. I don't understand it. I, it. It's all the same to me. So yes, I shoot obviously for commercial clients for money. But I shoot the same way for my commercial clients for money as I do when I'm riding my bike in the afternoons around, you know, uh, the hike and bike trail here in Austin. It's, you know, I, I use the same techniques. I use the same tips. I use the same tricks, same exposure, white balance, all those fundamentals and foundations. But I would say on my personal work, I tend to print more of those and less of those for my commercial clients. Uh, like the, the the print sources that I use, uh, that I'm huge fans of, that I'm a huge fan of is Printastic, uh, Parabu Press, that's P-A-R-A-B-O Press, uh, Social Print uh, is another one. Um, oh my God, the one that I, I love the most is, uh, is an app called Get Recently. And if you would see my artist loft here in downtown Austin, you'd just see these books all over the place. It's kind of like a camera roll made into a monthly magazine. 
you subscribe to it for nine, I think it's nine bucks a month, 10, 10 bucks a month, something like that. And you can print a magazine quality book that's either 50 pages or 100 pages and that it pulls right from your camera roll. Of course, you control, you know, what pictures go in it. Okay. And this is, probably, yeah. this is probably the app that I use the most if I'm on a commercial job. Oh, my goodness. You can bet that my hero shots are going to the client, not only online, but also in book form. And what was that form. app called again? It's called Get Recently. I think it's a Get Recently app. It, it is kick-ass. It is so beautiful. The printing is so gorgeous. It's like... Uh, uh, like archival printing, it's flat, it's not glossy. Uh, it's just, they're, they're gorgeous. They are gorgeous. And I have so many of them, uh, you know, just scattered around everywhere. So like my recent trip, for example, that I just went to, uh, to Southern France and then did my, you know, personal journey in Italy, every single place that I went, Verano, Venice, uh, Monterosso, um, you know, all these places will eventually get a book of my hero shots because I don't want just digital files. I want a physical printed archive of the best of Jack. And I want to look at it, feel it, touch it, hold it, share it with people and celebrate it. I'm a huge, huge print nut. Nice. And it looks like they have a quote from you on here. On their website, the printing of, on these books is so freaking good. I gasped when I received mine. And it says Jack Austin. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a really, really cool service. Yeah. And then another one called Groovebook, uh, which is, I think that that's a subscription service. It only, you know, costs like three ninety five a month. And you can print 100 shots in kind of perforated postcard format, the printing is nowhere near as good as Get Recently. As a matter of fact, the prints are kind of glossy, but hey, for three for three ninety five, you get a hundred prints of your best stuff in a cool looking, you know, deliverable that you can actually, you know, perforate out and send out and share with people. That's pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Actually, yeah, you just rattled off a whole bunch of uh, services that I didn't know were available. I, I've been doing the um, uh, free prints photo books, and uh, basically at the end of the month, I go through my camera roll and put together a, a photo book of all the, the pictures from the, the month and then uh, you know get that printed out so we have a little uh, – reminder of you know all the good times that we had or the cool things that we saw cool places that we went and you know for for me it's like a little uh just a, a token for the family to enjoy and you know it's not only just pictures of family stuff but you know the landscapes and all the different things too so it, it's fun to look back at those and and enjoy it and, and i knew um, or at least I had a pretty good idea that you, you did something with your work and, you know, I think it was just was helpful to our listeners to hear that from you. And I also certainly didn't mean to imply, uh, that you shoot differently for your clients than you do when you're shooting for yourself. Um, cause that would just be silly, but, um, 
I just figured you're probably not printing out your client work and hanging that on your walls. <laughs> yeah, but actually, you know, I, I what I what I find the more that I actually share my print work, um, it seems like it always gets the biggest buzz. I mean, I, I don't care if they're a commercial client or they're my family or they're my friends. When I am showing books or printed material as opposed to showing online albums or stuff on my camera roll, it does not elicit the same response. I mean, I get gasped when people hold the books that I have printed and they go, no way. That, that's from an iPhone? No way. I, just show, I could show them the same shots on my camera roll and they go, eh, that's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then I show them the exact same shots that are printed and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah. that is awesome. Yeah. I do use another service called My Album. It's myalbum.com. And I have hundreds of albums with them. Uh, it's a free service. It's an app. Uh, it's a desktop app, uh, an online app. So when I do my client work, you know, I'll send them Dropbox links so that they can actually download the, the best of the best. I mean, that's what they're paying for, right? But then I always follow that up a week later with a an online My Album. And if I'm really trying to suck up to the client and get more paying work or commercial work, a week later, I will send them a Get Recently book or a Groove book or a set of prints, you know, that are signed in a special box. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like... And, you know, I, I grew up like that and sort of in the analog day and I it, it's followed me into the iPhone space yeah. because I see my, my kids. I have two kids that are, you know, both photographers and uh, or that, that shoot a lot of pictures. And I notice, you know, it's all about the online experience and all about the camera roll. And I'm like, no, you actually haven't completed the creative process until you <laughs> actually made a print, period. Nice, nice. And that's when you when you when you when you close the gap, close the loop, you, you do the whole process and you, you've shot it it's on your camera roll. Then you have like a piece of paper that says I shot this. I don't know. It changes and people respond to it differently. So I I strongly encourage not only you guys, but anybody that's listening to this that, you know, absolutely do that and, and do it often and do it well. Uh, we got a, a quick question from the uh, chat room. Uh, John asks, uh, how should listeners prepare their photos to send to recently for the ma uh, for magazine? Yeah, I guess that that would be the, the app. I think you'll be shocked how ridiculously easy it is to use. So you, you, you pull up the, the get recently app and it says, you know, where, where, where's your photos? And then I always create, you know, an album for that Get Recently magazine. Uh -huh. It might say uh -huh. Venice Heroes, right? So I go right to the Venice Heroes and I click on all of those shots and I say upload. So there's no, there's no additional interface where I can tweak the photos in the app. So once before you send the photos for printing, it's really just a printing service. You have to work on, you know, do all your post-processing, of course. Okay. Because uh, I, I notice that sometimes uh, if if people aren't careful, uh, their their screen view can be different than their what, what yes. the print actually looks like. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And should, should, take the time to do the, you know, do, do the hard work 
yeah. then okay. think of like okay. I guess re- get recently or Groovebook or Chatbooks is another one that I like that's more Instagram friendly. Do the work before you send it to them because even if they have interfaces, you know, for processing, none of them, in my opinion, are very good. Yeah. One of the things that I do is if I'm going to print something, I do test prints and then I can see if my image is too, too light or too dark. Um, and that way that saves me from getting anything coming back that looks awful. <laughs> yeah. And you know, yeah, I was just thinking, uh, I was just in touch with, uh, my, my friends from Printastic, uh, Printastic, I think it's called printasticapp.com or something like that. But you can make books, right? You know, really nice, beautifully printed book, matte surfaces, great covers. Uh, You can add pages if you want. It gives you some flexibility for layout. You can add captions if you want. And then you could send that off. You, You could order one for yourself, order a couple for yourself, for your family. You could send it off to a client. But then they host that asset on their website and you can sell it through their website. So that's also actually kind of just something that I recently discovered that I'm pretty excited about because it's like perfect for, you know, my clients. Like I just came back from a cruise, right? And I have a 100 names of people on that cruise that said, can you send me your photos because mine suck? (laughs) So what I'll do is that I'll make a book and I'll send it to the cruise client saying, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. It was a privilege. Hope you enjoy this book. Handwrite a note, you know, in the inside cover. But then I will, I will have Printastic host that asset and I will send out a link to all hundred names. And I guarantee you I'll sell 50 of them like that. Wow. You know, 50 books and I name the price of the book. I can name it at like $50 a book. So, yeah, I mean, and that, that's just one that, that that's my workflow and my travel leisure. But I'm sure you can kind of connect the dots and find ways to kind of think, hey, wait a minute, this would actually would be cool for me. And then and then they make that same book available as a cool PDF that you can download. So that that's, that's another print service that I think is worthy of checking out. Very cool. That is awesome. Thank you. Well, all right. Uh, any other questions you have for Jack? Yeah, I didn't mean to talk so much about print, but it's just all kind of. <laughs> oh, we're we're huge uh, proponents for print. Uh, don't apologize. We 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 love it. <laughs> um. All yeah, right. Well, yeah, let's say, and we'll go ahead, Dave. Go ahead, Dave. Okay. I, we just had a, a question in chat in the Facebook group recently about how to handle prints and for and someone asking us for questions on print anyways i don't want to say anyway but on and on so i mean the the even though we all love to show off everything on our phones you're right there's something permanent that you just get that even though it's paper it's still that permanent right there that feels more solid than just viewing something online yeah, and even even in my studio here in uh, you know downtown Austin, I from from my phone, and I'm looking at some shots that are probably forty to sixty that are framed prints, are, are archival you know uh, prints, 
that are 40 inches by 60 inches, and they came off like my iPhone 5 or even 6. That's 40 by 60 inches, yeah. and they look fabulous. Yeah. Like no one is ever going to say to me, you know, we're, we're finally in an era. Thank God we are finally in an era where a photographer, us, right, we're, we're no longer defined by the capture device Yes. that we use. We're finally defined by the brand of photos that we create. As a matter of fact, if you think about name, name like five well-known, great, not Ansel Adams, <laughs> but the, some of the greatest photographers, I think all of us would be hard pressed to even figure out what camera that photographer used. Like who cares? Right. Like really, does it matter? So now, now I'm in a, like a super cool place in my own career where now I'm being hired to shoot with my iPhone, I think because of the novelty factor. But the truth is, you know, it's not really the device that I'm using. It's how I see and it's how you see the world. That's correct. Yeah. It's, I have, I, I tell people, uh, that a lot of times, you know, any, anybody can pick up a camera Anybody can push the shutter button. The, the problem is, is, you know, what is the vision that they have? If they don't have a vision of what they want, they're not going to, they're not going to get where, what they want. They're, you know, it's not this magic thing that all of a sudden, you know, these awesome images come out because a lot of photographers are like, oh, did you see so-and-so's work? It's always so good. And I, and I tell them, yeah, but you didn't see all the bad stuff. You know, they're not going to go in, in, in display all the terrible images and it took time some people are gifted not everybody's gifted um but we don't you know the if you're emptying out your camera roll online for everybody to see like what they used to do on uh flickr you know there were people that would just dump every single image onto flickr and you're like, wow, that's uninspiring. And really, why are you doing that? Other than, you know, they, they were just like, oh, this is what I always do. You know, but the people who take the time to edit and critique their own work and choose to, uh, you know, get some, you know, education and, you know, and, and develop their skills, they don't put out the their worst, you know, images. Mm. They, they put forth what their best images and then people start to uh that is so that's beautifully beautifully said yeah they they start to compare themselves when it's not that's not the case so you guys mind if i uh make two quick closing comments i'll make them fast sure Um, go ahead you know one of the things about the phone yesterday that no one mentioned that i'm geeky excited about is the dual sim capability oh my goodness really like think Oh my goodness. Like when I, when I, my phones are unlocked, right? So when I go and make these trips to Venice or wherever, Southern France, I unlock the phone and then I buy a SIM chip locally, you know, stick it in my phone. And that's how I get GPS, use Google maps, blah, 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 blah. Um, and faster Wi-Fi, all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, when you put a SIM chip in your phone, you have like a, a number, like plus three, one, seven, nine, four, four, four. Now with dual SIM capability or eSIM capability that supports two phone numbers, I can keep the same phone number and at the same time, 
plug in, uh, you know, uh, to an unlocked phone, I can get another number and I am, so, I'm giddy with excitement. Wow. I am so happy. I stay in touch with my friends and when my home base, I, I'm careful about not using that. And, but then I have all the capabilities of, uh, you know, the, the local connection. Very cool. And, yeah. And also I wanted to tell you guys, you're, you're really, you're doing a hell of a job. Uh, really the fact that you've done several hundred of these, oh my goodness. Uh, it is so much work. Uh, there's so much blood, sweat and tears. And I just appreciate, you know, uh, you guys kind of, you're doing this and, and making a difference, you know, in the space. It doesn't go unnoticed. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we really appreciate thank you. that. Yeah, most definitely. Thanks. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, uh, we're not done yet um, because we've asked Jack to help us with our, uh, our post pick of the week. And uh, so let me go ahead and uh, play that jingle. All right. So it is time for our post pick of the week. This is where we go through our weekly photo challenge and choose an image. And we've grace, uh, we've asked, uh, Jack to, uh, uh, pick an image and he has grace graciously accepted. So, uh, uh, see this week, uh, this last two weeks was circular, correct? Yes, yep. it was yes. circular. Okay, and uh, so, uh, Mr. Jack, can you explain the image that you chose? Yeah, I think we have our, our winner this week uh, is uh, Deb Lavery, and she has a beautiful uh, image of, like, the underneath of a spiral staircase looking up with kind of a coral background, just just a lovely, lovely composition. I just saw it and went, oh, my goodness. Just <laughs> artfully done, beautiful. Uh, the, the processing on it is is pretty elegant. It looks natural, and it just caught my eye. There were several others that caught my eye, but this one's the one that really jumped out at me. So thanks, Deb. <laughs> yeah, you have, uh, you have gotten a taste of what we go through every week when it comes to trying to choose an image. There, there, there are some weeks where it's real easy. Other weeks, we're just, it's like, why can't, why can't we pick more than one? <laughs> what are your thoughts on this one, uh, Dave? There we go. Sorry about that. I was a bit muted there. No, uh, it, it, it the biggest. I mean, it's great photo. I love, even though the um, the topic was circular. I think the colors what got me stro really got my attention more than anything else. Yeah. Um, the the brick on the outside, which is almost coral like, not you know, not a deep red brick, but almost like a, a lighter red brick. Uh, with the contrast of the underneath of the stairs and just the way the eye kind of leads you up in the middle. That is a really striking photo. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Matt? Um, yeah, I, I like this image a lot. I don't envy um, Jack at all and having to pick the winner of this contest because there was like a lot of really awesome pictures. But um, I, I like how at first glance... Uh, this almost looks like like a shell. Yeah. You know, like one of those spiral shells. 
And, um, you know, it's not until you really like kind of really pay attention to it and, and dive into it that you realize, you know, what it is. And, um, yeah, the, the brickwork on the edges is just, a it just lends like a really cool tone to the, to the image. And it's definitely well seen. Pretty cool. Very cool. What are your thoughts, Greg? I think the timing of this post pick is impeccable. And I say that because uh, the the walls, like the brick walls, are definitely circular. So that fits the theme for sure. But I say the timing is impeccable because the color being, you know, like a coral tone um, just makes me think of the new products that Apple released this week being uh, with the Apple Watch and, and the um, the iPhone X or XR, they have a coral offering in the okay. color uh, selection. And that's just reminds me of, of, you know, the colors of these, of these devices that are coming out. Um, I think it's going to be a popular choice for people. And, uh, and they, they call it, I believe they do call it coral. So, um, but the image itself, I pretty much have to echo everybody's uh, comments so far. And, um, you know, just a, a great, uh, a good eye, a good eye for, for picking this up uh, when she shot this. Yeah, very good. Well, thanks, Jack, for uh, choosing the image. And congratulations, Deb. You are our post pick of the week winner. Uh, we use these images to uh, uh, post onto our site so that people can see. Uh, this is a great way for our listeners to be um, uh promoted and um and and you know give them a chance to to have something uh for everybody to see and uh, i don't think i've ever gotten a post pick of the week but that's okay um (laughs) not not that uh not that we get post picks of the week but um yeah, if you want to be chosen as post pick of the week, you have two options. Uh, one is to go on to our Facebook group and look for our weekly photo challenge. Uh, we do that uh, a weekly photo challenge for two weeks, and in the off week that we don't choose from the uh, weekly photo challenge, we go to our Instagram hashtag Tiny Shutter, and we have I think a is it 45,000 images that have been hashtagged with tiny shutter? I believe that's the, uh, the number that I saw not too long ago, but there are a lot of images. If you have an image that you want, uh, don't, uh, don't hesitate to use the, the hashtag. Uh, we do notice that there are some people that will, uh, hashtag their, uh, DSLR images, but you know, <laughs> that's probably because of a, a cut and paste deal, but, <laughs> Um, we do go through and look to see if it is an, uh, a iPhone or a, uh, Android or, you know, other smartphone type, uh, image. We do have, uh, a lot of people who listen and participate that aren't in the iPhone ecosystem. And, uh, we, uh, we enjoy their work and, uh, too, because, uh, like Jack said, it's not, it's not the device it's the it's the eye you know it's the person who's creating the art and this is uh this is a great place for everybody to come together and uh and uh and enjoy other people's work so all right we need another 
weekly photo challenge and uh no pressure uh jack but do you have any ideas that you would like to uh uh give us if not we you know we can try to uh figure something out but maybe maybe there's something that you've been thinking about that would be a great option have you done anything like uh like a specific color like the color red or the color orange or the um, color teal or something like that have we done a color lately? If we have, um, we haven't done for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, pick a pick yeah. a pick a color like teal or uh, you know orange that's just not readily readily available to make people go out and actually look for. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Let's do uh, teal because he said teal twice. Yes, he so did. So it yeah. means. <laughs> well, say, I, I was going to say either teal or coral, since that's the um, one of the new the new colors for the new phones. It's a cool idea. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they give you. <laughs> but but that's yeah, that's the only thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, it would be a challenge, but it, we also don't want to make it so challenging that yeah, right. It's that much of a stretch to try find something. <laughs> There'd be a lot of people going into an Apple store to take a picture of the new Coral phone. <laughs> okay, teal it is. Let's do that. Sounds good. All right. Very cool. All right. Um, uh, we got one more thing, and then we'll be done. Uh, Greg, we have a giveaway. Yes. Uh, this is a giveaway that's been, we've been trying to get this thing out um, for a few weeks now. And uh, of course, as everybody knows, we've missed a week or two because of, you know, technical issues or whatever. But um, we finally have it done. And it is for the app called Apollo. And it's um, by the guys at Indice Limited. And with Apollo, you can, you have to have a camera that can shoot the, the um, portrait mode. So that's the 7 plus, 8 plus, 10. And if you get a, a 10S or a, uh, I don't know if it'll work with the 10R. That's something that I'm, I'm curious about. But anyway, um, so we've had, uh, I think it was 16 people comment on the Instagram post because this, this was done in Instagram as opposed to the Facebook group this time. And uh, I've used my random name picker website that I go to for these things and I've got five winners out of the 16 so I'll list them off now and I will get a hold of these folks through Instagram through a a direct message or a private message on Instagram and get these codes to them so the first one is spies 52 so that's s-p-i-e-s 52 and then we have Fred Zelders and smart smart phonographer these are the usernames and uh, <laughs> Four Crows Art. Oh yeah, and Linda Linda G Levy. Very cool. Congratulations! So congratulations to those. And uh, uh, like I say, I'll, I'll get a hold of those folks sometime over this weekend and get these codes off to them, and they can start enjoying this app because it is a lot of fun to play with. Very cool. 
Well, thank you for uh, doing that and uh, getting with them. And uh, congratulations to everybody. Uh, we like to give away uh, that type of stuff. It's uh, it's fun uh, to to get something and enjoy it. And I I'd like for uh, people to uh, you know show us what they did uh, with those images that they created using those apps. Very cool. All right. Well. Uh, I think we have ourselves a show, so let me go ahead and let's play. Uh, let's see here. Where'd you go? Oh, there it is. <laughs> we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Barely. <laughs> All right. Um, Mr. Jack, would you uh, do the honors and tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, right now, they could find me in Austin uh, at my <laughs> apartment. <laughs> right. Uh, we don't want to no, send people can... over to your place, and you know that you know you don't know what kind of crazies might be listening to our show. But <laughs> well, uh, my my website is Jack on my name com, but it's hopelessly outdated. I'm trying to do what uh, my 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 good friend Greg has done and have a like a dedicated iPhone only blog, but I haven't slowed down enough in seven years to be successful <laughs> at it. But I think I'm about, you know, 30 to 45 days away from that. So keep checking jackhollingsworth.com. Uh, my, my handle on Instagram is my name, Jack Hollingsworth. And then, of course, I'm probably most active on uh, Twitter uh, at PhotoJack. And then in the spare time that I do have, I'm involved along with Greg in, um, oh, geez, Greg, uh, help me, you know, the community. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Artful Life Photography Community. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, really like it's a small group of under 500 folks. uh, They've hit 500. Yeah, so I'm, I'm 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 I poke my head in there, and you can kind of find me there. And when I'm there, I'm I'm trying to act up like Greg is, but those are the main things. And I'm I'm pretty available. You just Google me, you can find me, track me down. My phone number is published anywhere. You got questions, just call me. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us, and and hopefully we'll have you back uh, soon. Love love to come back. Excellent. All right. Uh, Greg, tell everybody where they can find you. Okay. You can get me on Instagram at McMillan Photo, on uh, Twitter at McMillan underscore photo, and on the Artful Life Photography community with just my name, Greg McMillan. Excellent. Dave. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as ProfPod, and on the Facebook group and the Artful iPhone Photography group as Dave Podner. All right. And Matt. All right, you can check me out on Instagram. I am Twitter and the Artful Eye Photography community at M Hoffman Photo. Excellent. You can find me on Instagram at Joseph Ferreira. You can find links to our show notes, uh, our YouTube channel, and our Facebook group by going to tinyshutter.com. And you can find some other stuff there too. So don't uh, don't hesitate to check it out. Uh, check us out over there. All right. Uh, again, thank you, uh, Jack, for coming on the show. This was a pleasure, and uh, and actually, we've uh, um, you know uh, we we wanted to uh, get you on and 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 talk with you. And thanks, Greg, for reaching out and and doing that for us. We uh, you know we're big fans of your work. 
Yep. No, definitely, Ari. Yep. All right. Well, uh, let's say let's do this and say goodbye to everybody, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave us a review and a five star rating. See you next week. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Kowalski, what's our trajectory? 95% certain this will end in massive, flaming disaster. And the other 5%? Irrelevant, sir.